Good day, all you beautiful people of St. George, St. Mark's, and St. Monica's. And I hope that if you're able to get hold of this liturgy, God in God's loving care and, and wisdom by His Spirit will uh, enrich your lives together and give you wisdom and strength during this time of COVID-19. And I trust you are looking for yourself. Our Easter service, in terms of the liturgy, I've combined, combined the, the, the service of light together with the normal service we have on Easter Sunday as our prayer book dictates. And so we enter now into the service of light. The congregation will be seated in church and the lights would be off. Then fire is lit. A blessing over the fire is done. And then the priest receives the Easter candle, also known as the Paschal candle. This is lit because it will present the risen Christ. In receiving the Paschal candle, the priest at the symbol of Alpha at the top and the Omega sign um, will start tracing with these words. Christ yesterday and today, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, all time and all ages belong to Christ, to whom be glory and sovereignty through every age forever. Amen. Then the priest installs what is called grains of incense, which looks like little thumb um, uh, pins. And I insert it into the candle in the shape of a cross. There are five grains, and these are the words we will utter. By the holy and glorious wounds, may Christ, our Redeemer, strengthen us and make us whole. Amen. The Paschal candle is now lit from the fire. May the light of Christ, rising in glory, illumine our hearts and minds. The light of Christ. Thanks be, thanks to, God. be to God. Processing into the church, congregation with their own candles will now receive the light from the Paschal candle. This juncture, I invite you to light your candles, which will later be used when we do the renewal of the baptismal vows. Hallelujah! Christ is risen. 
He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rejoice, all creation. Let the heavenly chorus sing. Jesus Christ, our light, is risen. Sound the trumpet of salvation. Rejoice, O earth, in shining splendor. The light of Christ will warm our autumn night. Christ has conquered. Glory fills you. Night will vanish forever. Rejoice, O Church of God. Exult in glory. The risen Savior shines upon you. Let each house resound with joy, echoing the mighty songs of all God's people. Accept this Easter candle, a flame divided but undimmed. A pillar of fire that glows to your glory and honor, O God. Let it mingle with the lights of heaven and continue burning to lighten the darkness of each night. May the morning star find this flame still burning among us. Christ is that morning star who rises to shed your peaceful light on all creation. Christ is now alive and glorified with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So we enter into the liturgy of the Eucharist. The Lord is here. God's Spirit is with us. A call to worship and praise. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Place of the Gloria, we say together. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hearts to heaven, to heaven and voices raise. Sing to God, Sing to a, God hymn a hymn of gladness. Sing, Sing to God, God a hymn of praise. He who on the cross, on the cross a, victim. a victim. For the world's, For the world's salvation, salvation bled. Jesus Christ, Christ the King of glory, glory, now is risen from the dead. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, Glory to be to God on high. Hallelujah to the Saviour with one the victory. Hallelujah to the Spirit, font of, font love, of love and sanctity. Hallelujah, hallelujah to triune, triune majesty. majesty. Amen. Amen.
the collect for Easter Sunday. Lord Jesus Christ, you transform the tomb of death into the womb of new life. Make us joyful witnesses of this good news, that all creation may be redeemed, restored and reconciled. For you live and reign in the unity of the blessed Trinity, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. We proceed into the liturgy of the Word. And in the liturgy of the Word, readings from the Scripture, the Church meditates on God's mighty acts in history. We are called to listen attentively to the Word of God, recalling how again and again He saved His people and, in the fullness of time, sent His Son to be our Redeemer. You'll find the readings that I am just summarizing in the prayer book um, for the Easter um, tide. There are six of them. They start from Genesis and they deal with the following themes. The creation of Adam and Jesus, the new Adam. the understanding of human disobedience and separation from God, the celebration of obedience and the faith of Abraham, then the liberation from Egypt, the covenant at Sinai in a worship setting, and God's promises to purify the people of the covenant. This is followed by the New Testament reading of the day from Romans chapter 6 verse 3 to 11. Verse 3 reads and verse 4, Oh, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And the theme there that I chose is a challenge to consider the meaning of baptism in the light of this question. Don't you know? <laughs> it's interesting that you, you pulled that out because... Just before we, we recorded, we had a lovely discussion about um, my reluctance to repeat the, the baptismal creed for own personal reasons. But yet I do accept the Nicene Creed as being the true tenets of the, the faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the creed is an opportunity for us to establish the maintenance of our faith. And what is the maintenance of our faith? Basically, in the Nicene Creed, as in all creeds, is the celebration of who God is to mm. us, as God revealed himself to us through Scripture, um, and as God revealed himself through creation, and as God revealed himself in the person of Jesus. And then, attached to that, 
would be the work of the Spirit of Jesus in the formation of the church and in the church membership, which is through baptism. And, um, and so it's a celebration of who God is to mm. us in a collective format. And this was established way back in 325 AD at a place called Nicaea. Mm. Uh, I'm saying the important thing is for me is always the vocabulary that gets used around these things because like the, one of the reasons why I, I, I've uh, I've stopped saying the baptismal creed is because the words and the promises that you are making with your mouth should always be a reflection of what you truly believe and like here where it's light from light true God from true God and begotten and not made. That's very particular words used to describe who Jesus is. And it's interesting that throughout this Lenten journey, we've actually followed a theme of trying to discover who Jesus is, either to himself or to us and to the audience that uh, who were witness to all of the happenings of, of, of Holy Week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and um, so I do understand why you would embrace um, the more broader mm. picture given to us in the Nicene Creed. And so in a way, the Nicene Creed gives us um, a collective way in which we celebrate God in Christ and we celebrate the work of God as creator, the saviour and redeemer and also the, the creation of the church. The Baptism Creed gives us an opportunity specifically to affirm our faith in the name of the one in whom we have been baptized. Our names were given and our life was surrendered to the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit whom we at the conclusion of the Baptism Creed say we believe and trust in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's particularly associated with that because in baptism, the question is, do you believe? And then you give your sense of who God is. So the celebration of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they, what, they, what their focus is, has been revealed, but also we realize that they are in community with each mm. other. There's a unity with, with, one, with one another. And so for the circumstance of baptism, the baptismal creed, like the Apostles' Creed, is convenient, if I can put yeah. it like that. Uh, the Nicene Creed should, in a way, be used at all other occasions uh, because it collectively tells us about God, and about the revelation of God, and about the establishment of God's church. Mm. Yeah, and then it's also like important, we've raised it before, um, who Paul was writing to at the time, uh, with the Romans and what was happening in Rome, um, with a lot of persecution, and uh, obviously... Emperor Nero and yeah, so it was a it was a crazy time. And it was also to speak to I mean there was a there was a strong Jewish community um at that stage. And yeah, it's it's nice to to yes. to frame his 
conversation that we was having and the importance of stressing like how Christians are separate to like the, the old people of the covenant. I, I, I think that um, the, the challenge is for me in the verse 3, or don't you know? Does that imply they've forgotten in the new circumstances? And they now, they now find themselves, they tempt to find themselves anew in the new culture. Mm. But Paul is also talking about rootedness here. Where is your rootedness? Uh, upon what is your life formed and, and based? Don't forget where you come from. Because that foundation is very crucial to your contribution uh, in the new way of, of living, in the new um, uh, context that you're now living. Because you have, as a baptized person, you have the responsibility to live out faith that you have been, that you've declared in your baptism. Mm. Uh, now, you may need to find new words to express that because the new culture may come with a whole new vocabulary mm. uh, and, and ideas. But don't forget your rootedness. And you won't forget it if you continue to practice it. So, for example, we as Anglicans have been blessed to be to have recited very important parts of our tradition coming out of Scripture. The Lord's Prayer, Psalm 23, the creeds, particularly the Nicene Creed. And there are other prayers that we, that we can say by route, as it were, uh, and, and also when the occasion arises. So that reputation, uh, 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 that repetition and reciting of it in a worshipful way is very, very crucial. Mm. Because again, those are words that are intended to create community amongst us. It captures who we are, captures where we're connected to, and it also captures, I mean, today when we're celebrating the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, what is very crucial is how Jesus realized, both in the crucifixion and at his temptation, relies on his learnings from the Old Testament, mm. then uses those learnings for strength and wisdom in the, in the challenge that he had to face. So Jesus did not forget his rootedness yeah. and could use of, uh, you know, if, if Jesus were asked the question, or don't you know, then Jesus says, I do know, mm. and I can also uh, bring it into the current time. So that's for me, um, it was a challenge for, for them. Don't just, as it were, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. And then that leads very well into the, the text of the gospel. Um, yeah, if you could continue. Certainly. The gospel comes after the beautiful chorus which we sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, give thanks to the risen Lord and acknowledges Jesus as the Lord.
So my dear sisters and brothers, listen to the good news proclaimed in the gospel according to Matthew, the 28th chapter, reading from the first verse. You please read the whole text. I'm just using for our purposes here a few of the text. I've chosen the first verse, the ninth verse, and the tenth verse. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! They came to him, took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ, Amen. our Lord. Now, just drawing from the, the text um, uh, was this desire to go to the grave. And that was probably done for cultural reasons. We are told that uh, to ensure that enough spice is given to the body and to ensure that everything was fine. Um, they go to the grave. Did they ever have an expectation that they would meet the Lord? Because in a human perspective, death has happened. Hmm. Nothing more on earth after a death is expected. But their love for our Lord was so deep that the memory of him could not be taken away by the death that he had died. They care for him in the most vulnerable of positions, such as death and being buried. And their honouring of him just to be present uh, at the tomb where he was. Is the first point that, so the visitation at the grave, unless we go there, we will not know the experience that follows. Mm. What then happens? The risen Christ comes, and they still don't know him. So in two parts of this gospel, they don't know. They go to the tomb. They don't expect to see anything. And then they meet this man. And I love the section which said, they met Jesus and this words, and they came to him. Mm. Just gave me a sense of them entering into his presence. They met him. Or Jesus met them, they then come to him, uh, which is which is a challenge to all of us um, about our ongoing practice of the presence of God in daily life. They then touched, took hold of his feet, and of course this is peculiar at a time when we're not supposed to be touching and showing any form of intimacy. Yeah. We are drawn into the need to hold to his feet. And I thought about uh, when we do the, sac the spiritual communion, that little prayer that says, just like that woman touched the hem of the garment, mm. so too we are able to hold onto feet out of which the redemptive blood of our Lord poured feet which walked the righteous path of God and established the presence of the kingdom of God yeah. in the world. And then 
they enter into worship. Um, worship uh, of the risen one. Uh, entering into his presence is always worship. Um, knowing that he's always present, our response is worship. And the very first thing that Jesus does, which is similar to what he says to them even before he goes to the cross, now as the risen Lord, he dispels the presence of fear within their hearts. And God knows how much anxiety is within us right now mm. across the globe. And Jesus says uh, the first words that come to him after he greets them is, do not be afraid. We need not fear the presence of the Holy One. We, we need not fear judgment. We, need, we, we do not need to fear uh, a reprisal. For he comes not to condemn the world, but to redeem the world. And then almost immediately, um, he gives them the instruction, go and tell a specific group of people, my mm. brothers, to go to Galilee. Now, in the passion narrative we dealt with the other day, yeah. that particular thing came up. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But don't worry, three days later I will rise and I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Mm. Is now repeated by the same Lord. So the similarities, if they remembered what he had said early on, would recall, man, it's the same message here. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a message that comes with a whole new event. Um, a collaborative event in the resurrection. Um, and so, worship, the way God says, do not be afraid, Jesus says, do not be afraid, I'm thinking of in the context of liturgy, um, where we go through the confession, where we're able to ask him for mercy, where we listen to his word, where we ask to confirm our faith, where we pray where we celebrate his peace with one another, yeah. are all evidences of that part of the liturgy, do not be afraid. I also like the symmetry um, of the the go back to Galilee, or tell my brothers to go to Galilee. Okay, so there's one little thing that I have a problem with. It's like he, he literally told them to go to Galilee, and like now he's having to tell them a second time. <laughs> Which I, I, is just a funny moment yeah. for me, <laughs> um, but the 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 symmetry mm. of of the the Easter Mass, where especially the, the service of light, where you have in the first section of readings you have all of the the evidence of God's majesty, so the creation of Adam through to the original sin, and then the Abraham thing and then the Hebrews get conquered by Egypt and then Moses leads them with the power with the help of God and then the covenant and then it leads into 
the story of, and I mean, like all of this is kind of establishing the story of, of Christianity. That's why it was important for me to make that connection to the Nicene yeah. Creed where the tenets are being laid down. Yeah. So throughout Holy Week, you read through yeah. the evidence of, of Jesus and you just, you explore that. And then on Easter Sunday, it's like, you know, you're celebrating your, your birth into the knowledge of, of Christ and, and where he is. And then for him to say to go back to Galilee, as the point I raised um, when we did um, go over that, that specific instruction, is then the disciples retracing the steps they had walked over the past, I think it was three years, um, all the way back to Galilee, where, and yeah. like through that, it would them having to also, like when you mourn a loved one, you normally, when you're cleaning the room, or something that you 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 conjure yeah. memories of yeah. all the times and uh, yeah it's it's just a very interesting little symmetrical <laughs> yeah that touches base with with what it means to be eucharistic we are a people of memory hmm. and in the eucharist jesus says this is my body this is my blood do this in remembrance of me we are, a, we are a people of recall because we do know how we need everything we need for the present moment has happened in the past. When it's recalled in the present moment and reflected on deeply, it becomes the synergy for looking forward. And so the church is about recall. Mm. We can't move into the future without memory. And so that is an important part. So um, Jesus again reminds the brothers. Because look, it could easily be forgotten that he told them this because they'd gone through the stress of his trial. Mm. They'd seen the crucifixion and his death, his burial. And under those circumstances, would they even have remembered that they needed to do this. So a voice coming out of the grave begins to remind them of what was held in a previous conversation under very difficult circumstances. And just by the reminder, it conjures up hope mm. and expectation, if, we, if I can use that. Um, it's just not a matter of going to Galilee. In, in this Matthew passage, he says, there they will see me. Mm. So it's a promise of his presence. If, if he said, just go to Galilee, what purpose would there be? But if he said, go to Galilee, for there they will see me. There is now a futuristic intentionality mm. to the invitation to meet in Galilee. Because, I mean, these are women. They have got to tell the brothers. Mm. Would brothers really believe what the women were telling them? You know, were they just not making up this story? Uh, so Jesus had to give them an intention in, in, in that conversation they would hold. It's then also interesting that Matthew straight up calls him Jesus, where in some of the other Gospels it's known as the gardener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Um, again, when we think of the congregation Matthew's writing to and the intention of the people, if he had called him the gardener at that stage, for example, how would that have gone down with, the, with his argument and his witness about who just this Jesus is? So is he saying to them, by, the, by using the word Jesus, that the same one that went to the cross is the same one that rose from the dead. Did the Hebrew mind need to hear that? Mm. Um, uh, did they, and remember, uh, the gardener story comes, comes a little later. So by then, other stories would have been shared around. Yeah. So for, for Matthew's purpose, it was to say it's not somebody else who came out because that would easily have have suggested what the Paris, uh, what they said later on. Uh, uh, I'm sure it's not this Jesus you were talking about yeah. that, we, that we crucified, you know. But Matthew says, no, it is this Jesus. Mm. He's the same one that went to the cross. Um, I remembered, I remembered um, one of the priests I worked with in my, the testing of my vocation. He said he gave a lift to a young man who was on a way to do a hospital visitation. And they started talking about religion. And this guy was Muslim. And the guy said, you know, I am truly and fully embraced. Jesus up until the cross. I can't embrace him after the cross. And then uh, this priest said to him, unless I embrace him after the cross, I can't embrace him as the one who'd gone to the cross. Mm. So there was quite an interesting conversation there. So I think Matthew needed to show his congregation it's not, the one who went to the cross is not false. There's not a double somewhere else. It's the same Jesus. Yeah. That went to the cross for our sins. Does but that the, make sense to you? But the tomb was empty in all of the stories. And <laughs> yeah, but people would say they carried his body and hid it somewhere else. That was what they said. <laughs> You know, and they and uh, they haven't found the body two thousand years later. <laughs> so, what did the disciples do with him? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, and 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 also, the, Matthew is also very deliberate. He makes the women meet Jesus. Mm. He, t he or he not makes them. That's the part of the narrative that he focuses on. Yeah, who actually went to the tomb? The women. Okay, understood for cultural reasons. But then in meeting Jesus, they were the very first two, according to Matthew's narrative, who worshipped Jesus, mm. who entered his presence, and who got this instruction from him. Now you're making women become witnesses of the resurrection. They have to go and tell the, the former congregation, our Lord is risen. And this is what he wants to do with you. He wants to meet you in Galilee. So Matthew now throws a curveball in here. Remember, at his birth, Mo, um, um, Joseph was the main feature in Matthew's yeah. gospel. At the cross, Mary focused. Woman, this is your son. Son, this is your mother. And now... A prostitute, a former prostitute whom Jesus healed, 
and the other Mary, who were very close to one another, who represented uh, the community outside of the 12 disciples. Mm. They are the ones who are said, go and tell. Now his words were, go and tell, not that I've resurrected, go and tell my brothers to meet me in, mm. in Galilee. By that message, the undergirding testimony yeah. is his risen. Yeah, because who else would have known about that instruction? And I think that's a fitting conclusion to that discussion. And if you can lead us through the rest of the Easter narrative, I like to call it, because it is it's it's telling it's telling of the faith. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in the celebration of the church and the church community. We now do the renewal of baptismal vows. Uh, in baptism, the fruits of Christ's redeeming death and resurrection is brought to us. I just want us to remember then, we would have, under normal circumstances, have baptized a number of babies uh, uh, on Easter Sunday. And I just want to assure the parents of our prayers and assure them that they are in God's hands and that we look forward to the time when we have gone to a different level of normalcy, we will be able to celebrate the baptism of your baby uh, in a full church um, with gratitude in our hearts that God is bringing us through this darkness of death at the moment that we are going through. So be assured of our prayers for all of you and of your babies and for your families. I invite you to affirm your commitment to Christ and your rejection of all that is evil. And so I ask, do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Remember at this juncture your candles are still lit. They remind us of Christ, the light which we received at baptism. Those who are baptized and, and call, are called to worship and serve God. From the beginning, believers have continued in the apostolic teaching and fellowship 
in the breaking of the bread and the prayers. So I ask us all, will you commit yourself to this life? I will with God's help. Will you forgive others as you are forgiven? I will with God's help. Will you seek to love your neighbor as yourself and strive for peace and justice? I will with God's help. Will you accept the cost of following Jesus in your daily life and work? I will with God's help. With the whole church, will you proclaim my word and action the good news of God in Christ? I will with God's help. Now using our imagination with eyes closed, as we hear the following words and message, we remember the use of water sprinkled over us to remind us of our baptism into Christ. I saw water flowing out of the temple from its right side. Hallelujah. And they shall say, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. It brought God's life and His salvation and the people sang in joyful praise. And they shall say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Into all of this, we now greet with the peace greeting. My sisters and brothers, to you and your family and to the wider community, our nation and the world, the peace of the risen Christ be with you. And also with you. And also Go ahead. And also with you. You can say it. <laughs> I said and also thank, with you. Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> the Archbishop said you must wave at one another. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Our offer to him that would be would have been sung is um, this joyful Easter tide, away with sin and sorrow, is the hymn that we would sing. And then the liturgy of the Eucharist continues. My sister and brothers, the Lord is here. God's Spirit is with us. Lord, silence all voices in my heart. But this Eucharist is held in the time of COVID-19, as is the celebration of the Queen of Festivals, Easter. Let us pray together, author of life, healer of the nations, grant us courage to face our trial, wisdom to find relief, faith to live responsibly, and grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Because we're doing spiritual communion, We enter into the words of Jesus himself. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. 
For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. In our approach to the sacrament, taken now in a spiritual communion form, we pray, Almighty and everlasting God, we approach the sacrament of your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. As sick, we come to the physician of life, as unclean to the fountain of mercy, as blind to the light of eternal splendor, as needy to the Lord of heaven and earth, as naked to the King of glory. Our reception of the sacraments spiritually. Now make a special effort to realize the presence of Jesus in your soul. Make your act of spiritual communion, savoring imaginatively and sacramentally the body and blood of Christ. And now we come. O oh, draw us to thy feet, most patient Savior, who canst love us still. And by this food, so awful and so sweet, deliver us from every touch of ill. In thine own service make us glad and free, and grant us never more to part from thee. The risen Christ is in our midst, so with Christ we pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. And so we do our spiritual communion. Grant, O Lord Jesus Christ, that as the woman, as the hem of your garment, touched in faith, yield the woman who could not touch your body, so the souls of your servants in every home in the parish may be healed by like faith in you whom we cannot now sacramentally receive through your tender mercy, who lives and reigns with the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, ever one God. Amen. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, refresh me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me.
O good Jesus, hear me. In your wounds, hide me. Permitting me not to be separated from you. From the malicious enemy, defend me. The hour of my death, call me and bid me come to you. That with your saints, I may praise you forever and ever. Amen. During the communion, we acknowledge this beautiful hymn coming out of our experience of the resurrection and the risen Christ. We indeed have a gospel to proclaim, whether in social distancing or in the collective experience of community, which is good news for all people on earth, gospel of a Saviour's name, and our witness is to sing His glory and tell His word. We give thanks to the Lord who is gracious. We thank you that when your child Jesus was put to death, you raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear first to Mary Magdalene and then to your other chosen witnesses. In him you have become our saviour and hidden our lives in Christ in glory. And so we do the prayer of dedication. Father Almighty, we offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice in Jesus Christ our Lord. Even in the time of social distancing, let us remember we are to be sent out into the world in the power of the Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. For now, we do that from our homes, in our minds, with others in our thoughts. So my sisters and brothers, go now, glad and rejoicing, for Christ is risen and has become your Saviour. Set your minds on the things of God, for your lives are hidden in Christ. Preach and testify that He is the one ordained by God to judge the living and the dead. And now may God surround you with everlasting love. May Christ Jesus raise you with him to life in glory. And may the Holy Spirit anoint you with power to do good. Go now to love and serve the Lord. Go in peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We go in the name of Christ. We go in Hallelujah. the name of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 And Lin Lindsay will join me now as we sing a recessional hymn, which is Thine Be the Glory. Thine be the glory, risen conquering sun. Endless is the victory, thou, O death, has won. 
Angels in bright raiment rolled the stone away, kept the folded grave clothes where thy body lay. Thine be the glory, risen conquering sun. Endless is the victory Thou, O death, has won Love you and God bless you. Bye now.